Hello, and welcome to the Soul Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Doyle, and I'm so glad you're here. On this podcast, I'd love to talk about the difference between knowing something and doing something. A lot of the times, you might hear yourself say, like, I know, I know, I know. And that's personally one thing that I say a lot. And I do know a lot. I do know a lot of things, but do I often take action on them? Not always, not always. And so knowing something and doing something are very are two very different things. And I want to present you with an idea that maybe there's something more between knowing what you have to do or knowing something and actually taking action on it or actually doing it. And of course you might be like, okay, Nicole, duh, it's actually the, the the difference is actually taking action, right? You you know something, but then you actually have to do something. But no, there's so much more to this. And I see this happen a lot. I've seen this play out in my own life so many times. And I see this play out in the lives of my clients and the people that I work with. I see this all the time. And it's almost like I was able to see this with new eyes once it was presented to me. And I worked on it for myself over many years. Now, I will say that this isn't something I believe that people need to stop their lives and like work to heal. Like this is a form of shadow work. This is a form of, you know, internal working on yourself, but it's just to help you notice a little bit differently. I feel like most of the work that I do with people is helping them notice things differently because I'm able to, from a different point of view, connect a lot of dots and help them see differently. I often need to employ someone else to help me see things from that same perspective, but once I see it, I can't unsee it. And so maybe I'll help you understand that today with this podcast and knowing something and doing it taking action on it rather, are two very different things. What could possibly be happening? So I had uh, a coach, my friend, Ali Shapiro, tell me, you know, something one time, and this was something adapted, I'm sure from a lot of her teachings and learnings that sometimes you have a technical problem that requires a technical solution. And so that technical problem may be like, how do I install a toilet? That's a technical problem, which you can find a solution. You can know how to do it. Doesn't mean you can do it, but you can find a technical solution. Um, you know, what, what seeds should I plant in my garden this year? Depending on preference, that's also a technical problem. You need a specific solution that works for you. Now it gets a little bit more adaptive because you are working on planting a garden that would work for you, for your family's needs, all these things, right? It's not as simple as plant these five things. So installing a toilet for the most part, pretty technical. You know, you (laughs) install the toilet. I don't know. Um, It reminds me of the Schitt's Creek. You just fold in the cheese. It's not, it's not very complicated though. David and Moira made that scene in the show. If you know, um, very, very funny and very complicated of like how to fold in the cheese into a recipe. I digress. Thinking about a technical problem, you can often like Google the solution or anything like that. And it's, there's a difference here between some people when it comes to a technical problem. Some people like me might Google it, find out a lot of information, hello, human design line one, and still think maybe I'm not prepared for it. But I then just go for it and I'll start to figure it out. And I don't mind the trial and error process because I find that to be the way I learn. And nothing really for me is considered a failure. It's just considered a learning experience. And if it didn't work the first time, it might work the fifth and I'm just going to figure it out. And that's just how I operate. But some people, you know, may know how to do all these things, and yet they still fail to take action. And some things include starting a business, speaking to their boss about uh, a new job, 
maybe taking, you know, requesting a promotion or a raise, speaking to their partner about like having their needs met in different ways. Like maybe your share of chores isn't working out and you just kind of want to work more collaboratively. Maybe it's being honest with your family that you really don't want to attend that holiday gathering and that you have other plans instead. Or maybe it's just taking time to spend with yourself and find new ways to care for yourself in seasons that maybe require a little bit more from you than others. There's so many lists of things. Maybe it's cleaning up your relationship with insert bad habit here. Maybe it's with alcohol. Maybe it's with food. Maybe it's with other people. Maybe it's with shopping or, you know, overspending. There are so many different things. Now, these are not technical problems, though you could Google and find a technical solution for most of them. Like, let's use overspending for an example. What would be a technical solution to something like overspending? Well, simple. You Google how to stop spending so much money. And then you might be met with understand how much money you bring in, understand how much money you spend, uh, cut out unnecessary expenses, make a budget, stick to it, you know, spend cash, not credit cards, don't use credit cards, you know, hundreds of technical solutions. But then again, at the end of the day, you're thinking to yourself, well, fine, yeah, sure, I can do that and I can willpower my way through it, but it may not make sense with the life that you're living or what you know requirements your life has at this current moment, and it may not all apply. Sure, there is a solution, and you know what you need to do, likely. Say you're overspending and you're like, hmm, I actually need to save more money or I need to be more cautious with the way I'm spending money because maybe you have something big coming up or you need to save for something or you, know, you want to have an emergency fund or maybe you just flat out like, whoops, you know, treat yourself went on for like five years, you know, been there, done that. I mean, I've had my own story with money and, you know, Mark is very conservative with money and I'm like, hey, spend it while you're alive type of person, but there is a happy medium. And what I realized from understanding something like specifically about my relationship with food and exercise as well as money, which is a much macro, it's like a much larger macro conversation is about resources and safety. And so therefore I knew how to budget. I know what to do. But doing it is totally different. Taking action and showing up on social media for my business is absolutely, you know that that's probably a good way to connect with people. And there's a million ways that people can tell you to show up, do trending audio, do this, show up on stories. But what are your actual goals? Like, what are you trying to deal with? And then what is underneath all of that that's actually preventing you from taking action? Sometimes you just need a little guidance. Sometimes you do need technical help. But other times you ask yourself, why am I not actually taking action on what I know I want to do? That, my friends, is where I love to call protective resistance into the chat. Protective resistance has entered the chat and wants to show you that it's been there all along, protecting you from something. And we can't just outsource that and say, what is wrong with me? There's a lot of Instagram therapists. There's a lot of Instagram people telling you to work through your trauma and your shadows and all this stuff, right? But often I find that like that info for the masses is helpful to get you so far. But introspectively looking for yourself and understanding your own situation is probably where you're going to find the most gold. And I'm not suggesting you sit and stay in that place for a very long time because sometimes we just need to see it to start choosing differently. We need to acknowledge that that pain needs to be felt. It needs to be seen, right? But we also then can realize, holy crap. This makes so much sense. This has been serving me and protecting me for so long. Maybe I wasn't ready to see that I used food and then eventually money to numb from feelings of, you know, inadequacy or 
um, uncertainty or just feeling overall in control in my life, right? And maybe that sense of responsibility, that deep sense of responsibility that I was having my entire life, I wanted to treat myself for that. And then I was using food and money to to cope with those things. I was saying, you know, I deserve this. Like I should be doing this. And it gave me some way to escape the mundane ways of my life. Now, overeating didn't ever feel good. You know that feeling when you're really full, maybe you've eaten and you're like, oh, maybe I'll just have a little more. And I'm not particularly talking about like binge eating. I'm just saying like eating beyond what you actually need. And in those moments, I'm like, God, you know, had such a rough day at work and I just want to distract myself and I don't feel like dealing with this or thinking about it. And then I end up like, eating a snack or like eating a bunch of sugar, knowing that that's really not just going to serve me in a way that makes me feel good. But that discomfort was more comfortable than the alternative. And the alternative might've been, wow, what's actually coming up? Did I say, was I too aggressive in that meeting today? Was I feeling uncomfortable when they asked me my opinion and I gave it to them and then nobody took it? Is my boss just kind of being like terrible to me and like making me feel rude or, you know, like I shouldn't be speaking up in these meetings? You know, that was a lot of my earlier days and earlier in my career, like feeling like I was too much. And in turn, I didn't want to feel that after work. And so I would turn to things like eating more, like saying like, oh, I'm hungry, even though I was actually bored or I'm, you know, feeling discomfort or I'm feeling shame and I'm actually then going to eat something. And that, you know, that moment, food can be really helpful when you're feeling that way to distract you, but also is like filled with so much pain and shame. I'll be honest, telling you this right now, I'm just like loaded up with shame of different aspects, but I want you to hear this from me so that you can see a real life example of how these things can actually play out in your life and that there's so much deeper layers to this than we ever realize on the surface. Or perhaps you do realize and you're like, I'm just not ready to see it that way yet. And that's totally fine. That's safe too, because sometimes we're protecting ourselves from seeing a deeper level for a good reason. And it could just be situational. So this podcast was inspired largely by a conversation with my dear friend, Artishandra. We started talking today about the difference between knowing and doing or knowing something and actually taking action. And in that conversation, we were talking about this and a whole month that she had taken off of Instagram and, you know, what space that gave her to create. And it just put her in a different mindset. And she's a an amazing writer. And she's the creative director at The Light Letter, which is a Substack publication. And she had a new post this week, and it said something about um, one of her mentors, one uh, someone that she really looks up to, um, Garan Sture, which I'm probably butchering the way to say that. But she hosted a live Q&A, and Artishandra wrote into her and asked, like, what's your number one advice for, like, other Substack writers? And She responded with a quote from Kevin Kelly, which was, don't be the best, be the only. And it's so interesting because we often are outsourcing and mirroring these other parts of ourselves, hoping that someone else can fill the void and that they can tell us what to do. And, you know, Artishandra asking Garance was not that. It was just hearing that quote, don't be the best, be the only, 
makes me think so much about how we're often looking to others to give us the answer. Tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. Tell me when to do it. And those are technical problems, but we are flexible, adaptive, individual people who require different things and we can't often just rely on that one thing. And in her Substack post, I'll link it in the show notes. You have to go read it. It really set a high bar for her and she was talking a lot about this and it really evolved between you know, this Substack, our conversation and me having the light bulb moment that like the difference between knowing and doing is often that resistance, that protective resistance that sits in between what we want and where we are now. And how can we understand it in a way that serves us is exactly all of the work that I do, the breakthroughs that I help to inspire in others. And really just having your own path is so key with this. This is not about doing this the way that other people do it, you know, whatever it may be. And while you can have a guide, you can have someone guiding you in this way. It's not about doing it that way for them. It's about figuring it out for you and understanding it in a much more beautiful way. Where are we looking to fix everything with these technical solutions when really we need something adaptive? We need something flexible. We can go and buy all the courses and the books and the listen to the podcast and do all these things. However, if we're unwilling to come to the table and meet with ourselves, even with a guide, with a mirror, someone guiding you that way, asking you the deeper questions, then how can we expect to get to those deeper layers? And when we start digging, what if the bigger thing is actually below the soil just a bit more? You know, my friend Carrie Ferber said to me like, okay, when we start digging, under the surface, we we hit a rock and we're like, oh, there it is. There we go. Okay, that's all we need to do. Like it's right there. And it's like realistically, the gold is much further down. I mean, maybe. I don't know if gold literally is that far down in the earth, but the gold we're seeking is actually a bit further down. And with time and distance between the meaning that we're making about ourselves, when we think, oh, I know what I need to do and I'm not doing it, versus, well, that behavior that I've been exper- exhibiting has actually been protective. It's been protecting me from something that I wasn't ready to deal with until now. So yes, we dig a little deeper. We don't excavate for the rest of our lives. We dig and we see what's going on and we experiment and we come above ground and we live our lives. And you know what? It'll be that time you're like unloading your groceries in your kitchen. You're putting something away, doing something mundane where that moment will click for you. And you will say, holy moly, I've been acting like this because I'm afraid of this. And once you can name these different aspects, and I'm not even giving the full example because it's like, it's so different for everyone that, you know, why was I coping with food? And then again, with overspending or not paying attention to my spending patterns and finances for so long. And it's because I wanted to feel like I deserved what I was doing, like that it was okay. And I was feeling inadequate in one area and I was feeling too much in another. And those patterns go back so far, but it's only until you hit in that moment that you're kind of doing something one day and after you've heard it, that it really clicks in. And it's like the beauty of that, that makes you realize, oh my gosh, you know, you need space for that. And that's why I feel like so much, we're always trying to heal. We're always trying to do something. We're always working on ourselves. We're like, What about living? I did an episode about this that like healing happens when you live, not when you're doing the healing, because it's so true. You can work intensively with a coach, you can work intensively with a therapist, you can do all this stuff, but it's like the profound insights you have 
are worth their weight in gold when they're applied to your life. It's why some person can take a course and get a business idea and they apply it and they do it. And maybe they don't have personal resistance holding them back in business. Maybe their personal resistance exists with their family or with themselves in another aspect of their life. And then they apply what they've learned and they make it work for them. And then they're successful. And it's the same reason why someone else who's taken the same course, who goes to apply that information, but then starts to feel, oh God, you know what? I don't know. What will everyone think of me when I post this? What will everyone think of me when I do this? Or will people think I don't know what I'm talking about? Will they they question my authority here? Will they think that I'm dumb? Like, oh, you know what? You know what? I don't actually know anything. I'm not even going to do this. This is silly. Why did I think this could even work? And then boom, you're done. You've given up. You've gone off. You're like, oh, I'm just going to, no, that's just, I can't do this. It's the same reason that those two people have very different experiences. Now, maybe the person who took the course and applied the information and started making their business or whatever you know concept work for them had already gone through and said, you know what, I have the propensity to enter new situations and set myself up for failure from the beginning because I want to feel in control of my own destiny. But instead of going into that course thinking, this is never going to work for me, or like, I don't know how I'm going to apply this information, they've done the work and they've experimented in areas of their life where they didn't feel so risky. They didn't feel at risk for being out of control, you know, in a way that was very detrimental to their system. Maybe they started speaking up with friends about where they wanted to go out to eat. Maybe they started speaking up with their partner. Maybe they started finding ways to be in and out of control in ways that felt safe so they had a great baseline. So that when they came to this course and they went for their big next goal, they were able to manage that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm going to fail. Or, oh my gosh, nobody's going to believe what I have to say. Or, this feels out of my control, so I'm going to spiral and just not do it. They've managed that because they've met it. They've managed it because they've met it. And they maybe found solace from somebody else who can like mirror that in them, or they've done that work themselves. But knowing what they needed to do in order to be successful was show up to the course, apply the information, deal with their own inner world so that they could show up in that way. And maybe their experience was completely different. But maybe you only saw the part where they showed up to the course and now they have a new business. People don't often talk about this kind of work because they're scared. They don't want people to think, oh, I needed all this help or whatever. Maybe I'm projecting. Or maybe they say, you know, I did the work. I did the work. If you can only see my face right now, the way I'm doing this. It's kind of, I'm making fun of it because people use this, the work, as a way of, ex- as a way of making themselves really noble. Yes, sure, it is work. But it's applying information you learn about yourself to your life and choosing differently. Everyone here is a creative director. Anybody listening to this has done this before. You have learned something about yourself that you've wanted to change. And maybe it wasn't so sensitive. And so you made the change. And you tried. And you saw how you liked it. You experimented. It's like the scientific process. But in human life and in regular everyday life, you've done this over and over again. And so... Bringing this back to knowing what you have to do but not doing it or knowing what you want and doing it are two different things. It's just really interesting how we can see that in other people but not in ourselves. And I present all this to you so that you can make a decision. Okay, when you know that there is a gap between knowing and doing or wanting and doing, What are you actually going to do? 
how can you make that come true? Like, how can you bridge that gap in a way that feels safe to you, feels safe to your system, but also doesn't outsource your power to someone else? It also doesn't make you abandon what you value, and it helps you actually get closer to that goal of what you actually want to do. It can be as simple as making a to-do list with reasonable expectations. It can be as simple as giving yourself space to think. Today, I've been experimenting with a new app where I'm not going on Instagram during the day. And you might think, wow, Nicole, you really need help like not going on Instagram. Oh yeah, I do. Because those app like times on your phone, (laughs) I just ignore them. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. That was a different me when I created this. And what am I doing? I might be disassociating because I feel uncomfortable doing different things at work or whatever's going on. And so I really feel like we don't have enough space in a lot of times to make decisions or that we quickly numb or zone out when we feel discomfort. And sometimes the discomfort needs to be felt in the moment. Sometimes it needs to wait. Sometimes it needs to evolve over time so you can understand it more. But regardless of how you handle the different discomfort of realizing maybe there's stuff you know you need to do, but you're not doing it, ask yourself, like, what's really going on there? What feels really hard about it? How can you evolve through it, not past it? It might not be about figuring it out. It might be more about understanding yourself and what else it connects to that makes it feel so hard in the first place. I know this episode was packed with a lot of examples, a lot of information. I hope it was helpful. If you're feeling like you need someone to explain this to you a bit more, or you'd like to talk to me about it, I'm here for you. This is what I do. This is the basis of all of my work. I like to connect dots for people, help them understand where they might be feeling some resistance to something, or maybe completely ignoring something else, and why it makes so much sense. And it might seem kind of odd at first when you start to uncover. And then, like I said, one day it'll just make so much sense of why it's all connected. That's the work I do in my inner audit. I also do this in the outer audit, which is a business-focused offering, which we do the same exact thing for you, but with business. But you can experience the inner audit for anything, any aspect in your life. Any goal that you're working toward, we can make monumental progress in understanding what you want to do, why you haven't done it, and how do we get through you who stands in the center of it all in just 90 minutes. So that is just a basis of that and this conversation. We're going to keep talking about things like this on Soul Bloom because as much as I love connecting all this to the earth and making it all beautiful, there's some real solid human behavioral elements to all of this and I would love to share more with you. Thank you again for joining me here in this podcast and I will talk to you all soon.